Big Ten Plus Four is a member of Odd Pods Media and ASAP All Sports All Plays Network. Hello and welcome to Big Ten Plus Four, where we bring you college sports with a Midwest perspective. We are blue collar and blue blood. This is uh, the unusual introduction because it's me doing the introduction. I don't, uh, I don't do it normally. It's Dalton, but he is out of out of uh, commission for the week because uh, he announced last week that this is his last weekend until essentially May of 2023, where uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't have anything going on. So him and his wife are on a little vacation to kind of uh, be able to get out and you know because she says goodbye to him. You know how? Uh, so I'm 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 filled it, or uh, I've got to fill in. It's Tony from ASAP All Sports All Plays Network. Uh, he filled in the last time. Dalton couldn't make it, and here he is today. Dalton or is is looking good this morning. Tony, thanks for jo- joining us. Yeah, of course, and congrats <laughs> to Dalton as well. Uh, I know he won an award yesterday that you that you shared. I can't remember. The yes, name off the top of my head. Uh, uh, let me get you. You you caught me off guard, but. That's all right. It, 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 I actually meant to have it pulled up because, yeah, it was. A, it's a very big thing. Uh, we want to be able to celebrate with uh, with Dalton on that, and I'm almost there. <laughs> I guess maybe I don't know. Um, technology is great until it doesn't work as fast as you want it to do. Literally, he is the 2022 MABF Young Professionals, uh, basically uh, award for uh best what is it the best young professional in the michigan area uh for his job that he does so uh it's broadcasting so he is the top young broadcaster in the state of michigan big big award for him and uh congratulations to dalton on that yeah that's fantastic so that that just goes to show you how how much time and effort it takes into a lot of this you know people people can be really good at speaking but Mm -hmm. you know it you can still always get better. And the big thing is just practice and repetition. Um, I know a lot of conversations you and I have had and just even seeing him here on the podcast, he does that Mm -hmm. all the time. So you can tell he just continues to get better and better and better. And happily his, his luck and his work paid off as far as, you know, being able to win that award and his, and all of his work has finally come to fruition. So super happy for him as far as that goes. Oh, for sure. And uh, knowing, knowing Dalton, as long as I've known him, he he does a ton of work. He's probably uh, he was he was one of my players. So it's one of those that you know you, I I sit back and kind of every once in a while think, man, he played for me. And I think about the type of player he was. He was he was the one that if you asked him to run through a brick wall, he might not succeed at it, but he's going to do everything he can to try to figure out how to do it, uh-huh. or he's going to die trying doing doing right. it. So. Uh, I think he's carried that that work habit into his his job and fabulous fabulous work. So, um, yeah, congratulations to Dalton. I guess that warrants a a, a 
a vacation. I don't know. I yeah, just, just one, a short vacation. You can well, get, it's actually technically the else. second one because you're here for the second week. So that oh, means he's true. been that's out true. for two weeks. So there <laughs> two I, different hey, weeks. Most, most places you get two weeks max and then, and then oh. you're, you're done. You can't take any more vacations for the rest well, of the year. I got to figure out what I'm doing then. Huh? I got two, <laughs> I got two weeks somewhere. Hey, there you go. <laughs> no, we, uh, were we, uh, announced last week that or he announced last week that he was going to be out and uh, uh we knew that tony you you had a you had a pretty good time the first time you were on we were hoping anyways that uh well at least you didn't say no for the second time so <laughs> at least we got that going for us you didn't say no oh 100 because yeah i i feel like college doesn't always get a whole lot of love and i and i'm really surprised yeah. for the amount of nfl fans that are out there and you know especially football fans as a whole that was actually part of the reason why i fell in love with college football it was like all right well i don't have anything between the last thursday night game and sunday <laughs> and you know my my ex-wife at the time you know she she was huge into college football i was like all right well let me watch it i was like oh look at that yeah. environment this seems like a blast <laughs> Well, it's one of those that, you know, you know, in pro situations, people are acting like idiots only because they're drunk or, or something. Yeah. Uh, at college, you're just, it's a 50-50 chance on the, the person's drunk. Most of the time, it's, you know, just enjoying it, being kid a kid or, you know, enjoying that situation. Um, I always liked going to the, uh, going to football games. I, I'm not a band person, but I love the marching band like that, 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 you know, drum that reminds me of Saturdays, you know, mm -hmm. at, at a college football game. And so like, whenever I hear that, uh, I get really excited. And yeah. And, it I, and love I, it. I think for me, cause I grew up a music person. I was, uh, I was mm -hmm. an orchestra, I was an orchestra dork as, uh, as we're more, you know, professionally called. So <laughs> yeah, I was always used to being around the band all the time. Uh, but I never did any like high school football games, anything like that. Yeah. And, and then again, I saw the, the environment of college football and I was like, wow, you know, that seems like a blast. You know, you can definitely feel the, you can even see and feel the energy. You know, you start to get pumped just seeing it. Yeah. And then the other thing I think is cool is, you know, at least for the NFL, you can have the same guys on the same team for, you know, 10 plus years. So it's like, okay, well, that's why they're good. College, it's so interesting because, okay, every four years, your roster is going to be completely different than what it was, you know, four years ago. So, again, how is how has the team progressed? You know, what type of players have you gotten? And it's cool to see new players yeah. consistently come, come in and come out that continue to do great things for your program. And, again, especially if you're a big fan because you're like – man, this is awesome. You know, we had this guy and now we have this guy who's supposed to be even better or this guy who's about to be, you know, potentially the same. So it, it it's cool to see that progression well, and that development. double-edged sword though, because you can go, Oh, I wish he was like, so, yes. so. Yeah. <laughs> very much. So, well, yeah, that that's, you know, the greatness of college. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those that, uh, you're not, you're not, you're upset you know, when you have players that leave because you want them to perform for your college and, and play well. And, and, but it's one of those that, you know, that if they're any good and making your team any good, they ain't staying around all that long. I mean, maybe only three years, you know, exactly. And, uh, it breaks your heart to see them go when they've meant so much to the program, but it happens. And, uh, it's just the way life happens sometimes. And, 
you got to deal with it. So, but that kind of segues to where I want to start because there are just sometimes things that happen that force you to do things. And the way things are happening right now, it almost seems like the Big Ten is pushing the envelope on Notre Dame to make a decision. We just had the the uh, the news come out that the Big Ten came into an agreement uh, for broadcast rights with NBC. Now, if we're not familiar, Notre Dame has, or sla- I think they still have, they're just in renegotiating or in renegotiations with uh, broadcast rights mm-hmm. on NBC. So, it, it, Tony, I don't know if it's if it's if you're the same way, but the way I'm seeing it, this is the Big Ten saying, you know what, you need to join us if you want to stay on NBC. You'll get the payday, but we now have broadcast rights on oh, yeah. NBC. And, oh yeah, and 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 we pay more money, I'm sure. So, or we get more money from them. So, I'm guessing they're not. You're not going to be a priority to them. So. What are you thinking about? Is this what they did? Are they trying to basically push Notre Dame to say, look, you've got to decide. You're going somewhere. You've got to decide where you're going because we need to get this rolling. I mean, they're looking at next year mm-hmm. starting. Like, you know, 2023 uh, season is when they're going to start this stuff. That's putting a time clock on Notre Dame, I think. Oh, yeah. And actually, I don't know if you saw this, but there's been a little bit of a more of an update. So they, so the Big Ten is no longer has media rights with ESPN. Correct. So right. And in case anybody that doesn't know, uh, CBS lost their media rights with the SEC uh, earlier this year as well. So now CBS is also looking. So mm-hmm. CBS and NBC both are in talks with the Big Ten as far as getting a schedule going, because what they want to do is they want the Big Ten wants to create an NFL type of schedule. They want a 12 o'clock spot on Fox. They want a 3.30 spot on CBS, and then they can have a 7 p.m. spot on your NBC. Now, to your point, it does. It leaves Notre Dame basically backed into a corner because now, okay, you can stay with ESPN. You're not going to make as much money, Mm -hmm. and you're not going to be basically in your own little world because think about it, NBC and college football – only program that it has is Notre Dame. Now, if you go to ESPN, you're going to have to compete with the SEC, who's already guaranteed rights with ESPN. Multiple slots, probably, too. Multiple slots. You know the ACC already has ties with the ESPN as well. And now, because they don't have the Big Ten, they're going to be looking at the Big 12 or the Pac-12 to you know potentially backfill some of those spots. Mm-hmm. So really, this does force Notre Dame into a corner of either you're going to join us or kind of like what I pointed out, you know, you can still do your own thing. Like NBC can still pay you, you know, you can still do the NBC time, but instead of doing your schedule of facing what five to six ACC teams every year, you're going to face five, five to six big 10 teams every year. And again, you can still remain independent. You can still have control of your own schedule, but you're going to play our teams because it's going to be big money revenue for you and for us, and you can still keep your independence. So that that's how I look at it. Is to me, it's kind of the best of both worlds, even though they're backed into a corner right now. So you think they're going to still stay independent? I think so, because again, we we know the th- three things that Notre Dame wants more than anything. 
They mm-hmm. they want their independence because they want a guaranteed path to the playoff spot. And especially now that the playoffs are expanding, being an independent, having a very good record, if you can win, you're more than likely going to be guaranteed to do that. Whereas if you join a conference like the Big Ten, uh, then and even some of the games that the Big Ten would probably have them play, you're still probably going to you know take a couple losses in that. Because to me, the way I look at it is they're going to have to face, if they give them five to six games, there's at least four marquee matchups that they're going to want. Potentially five if the Big Ten continues to expand. You're always going to have Ohio State versus Notre Dame because that's the Big Ten's you know premier franchise is Ohio State. You're going to have Notre Dame versus Michigan because, again, another one. Michigan State, when USC comes over, you know they're going to have USC versus Notre Dame. And then if they do five, now currently as it's given, they could potentially say, okay, whoever is doing best out of you know the Big Ten Western Division, if it's Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, we'll have you guys face them. Or the Big Ten could be nice and say, tell you what, we only want these four marquee matchups. You pick two other Big Ten teams that you want to face. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter when, doesn't matter what time, you pick them and play them. That's fine. Um. So, yeah, to me, I think that still will keep Notre Dame independent because, again, they want to control the rest of their schedule. I don't know if they want to fill it with cupcake, you know, cupcake teams. If they want to face the ULMs, if they want to face the Troys, like the entire Sunbelt Conference. I don't know. If they, if they want to do that, you can do that. But that, to me, they want money. They want a guaranteed spot to the playoffs. And they want to remain independent just because, again, it's – to me, they're they're kind of like that really cute, flirty girl that she's just chosen to be single over all these years. Like she's flirted with some guys, like she's in a non-committed relationship with the ACC for like a year because of you know some worldwide you know epidemic that happened. There, she's like, I guess if I want to go to you know this ball with you, I have to you know date you for a year in order to do anything. So, <clears throat> to me, that. That's kind of how I see Notre Dame is it's like, well, I like I like being able to do me. I like being able to be single. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to join it. So that that's why, again, if if they can, if the Big Ten can go to NBC and say, look, we'll agree to do to do majority of more of our media rights with you. If you could bring Notre Dame to the table again for the situation that Notre Dame is going to be in, I feel like that would be the best of both worlds. If they can say, tell you what, we'll give you, we'll give you at least five games. We'll face who you want us to face and then let us have everything else. See, you see this as the big tens way of getting back into the relationship with Notre Dame. I see this as you join us or you die an old lady, because I think they want they they want that team. Dalton's brought this up a couple of times that uh, Notre Dame is basically the only program left to pick out that will actually move the needle when it comes to money. Yes. So I think the the Big Ten's to the point where they're like, look, if you're going to join a conference, it's going to be us. We know this. Don't drag your feet. Don't get don't say, well, we'll reevaluate at the end of the season. We're gonna go get NBC who owns your broadcast rights. And we're gonna take a time slot, which is the essential time slot from you. And if you don't join our on or join our 
conference, you will never see that time slot again. And I also think that the way that conferences are going, they're eventually going to be two to three huge conferences. And the whole conference schedule is going or a whole schedule is going to be a conference schedule. Or they're going to give them two games outside of the conference and they have to be with another CFP eligible conference because I don't see Notre Dame being able to stay independent and survive in the CFP or the way it is uh, is going to expand to only because the NCAA does not run the CFP. So the people making the money, yeah, Notre Dame's big, okay? But they're going to start making it. You have to have a conference, excuse me, alignment. That's my opinion. I think they're they're so hell-bent on everybody base basically if they're even if they're part of the NCAA, the NCAA doesn't have their hands on it. It's football. Football is going to be its own entity and they're going to start making their own rules. I just think I don't think there's room for independence. Like BYU's going to the Big 12. Like they're not independent anymore. And so they're going to be in the Big 12. I, I, it's is it this year? They started this year, isn't it? Uh, or is it? I think next? it's. I, I think it's next year because okay. that's when that's when all the that's when the other three teams are able right. to when, start in the Big Twelve as well. That's when Cincinnati. What is it? Cincinnati Central, Florida, Florida and and uh, Houston, Houston, along with BYU. Correct. Um, I I I think the big independent teams are going to be by the wayside. And I think Notre Dame's going to be left holding the bag if they really fight to be independent. And that's and that's just my feeling on it. I'm not saying that 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 I have any sort of source or verification or validity behind that. I just the way things are going, the Big Ten can look at Notre Dame and say, "Well, enjoy that 15 million dollars and never seeing 7:30 ever again or the late night slot ever again on NBC." We're going to take our, what, what hypothetically, let's say, you know, 300 million. We're going to take our 300 million and divide it equally among our teams for the one for just NBC. Don't forget, we've got probably CBS. And then you also have uh, Fox. Oh, shoot, Fox. Thank you. Those three, those are big money. Oh, yeah. You know, USC and UCLA doesn't tr- doesn't change conferences to one that's halfway across the country for small amount of money. They currently are making roughly what Notre Dame is making from NBC with their current deal. USC it was it was it was worth for them to do it. And UCLA, they're going to make a lot of more money that's going to help a lot of programs survive and still compete yep. at their schools. So it, it is. Uh, I, I I I I disagree with you just because I don't see them. I don't think the Big Ten's interest. They've had the relationship with Notre Dame, where Notre Dame played a bunch of Big Ten teams as their, and because that was regionally, it worked for Notre Dame. Yep. But that was the relationship. There was no formal agreement, I guess. But mm-hmm. there was an agreement that, you know, they'd play Purdue, they'd play Michigan, they'd play Michigan State, and then you'd throw Ohio State in there every once in a while. Yeah. I know they played IU a couple of times in my lifetime leading up to that. So, I mean, there are agreements that they, they had already done, and I don't, think, I don't think the Big Ten's interested in that portion anymore. They want 
they want Notre Dame to finally commit. I think they've dated and come back around and went, yeah, okay, we love you and we want you. Here's our ring. You don't want it? Get out. We're gonna take. We're gonna take your. You know everything that will assist them. I think you will see Notre Dame die a slow death if they don't join a conference. I think that's my my real big um, overall arching theme because if they join the SEC, they don't want to. But I think it's gonna be. They may be ticked off at the Big Ten enough that they're like, well. Screw you. We're going to the SEC. Okay, we'll have fun getting beat by Alabama four times in four years. And the last two times that you've played Alabama, they haven't been pretty. So good luck with that. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, I could see it. And and mainly because we look at Notre Dame. Notre Dame prides itself not just because of their their athletics, but mainly their academics. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that, that's big Notre Dame's big thing. And same with Stanford. You know, that's why we haven't sure. seen a lot of these very, like, like we've seen very talented, very good Notre Dame and Stanford teams. Like, they've created very solid NFL players that play yeah. for a very long time and are very good at their positions. But they care more about academics than they do athletics. And they're one of the few schools that, that they don't care for both. They care for one more than the other. So I, I could very easily see it. Um, and I know we had even... <clears throat> talked about that before as far as you know what other teams the Big Ten could potentially go after. And I don't know if you saw, but about a week ago they had said, oh, the Big Ten expansion has you know cooled down. And there is another guy, for whatever reason, I couldn't find any other source that validated him. And then of course when this came out with the media rights, I was like, well, this was the one guy saying it correctly, was the Big Ten isn't hasn't stopped being interested in expanding. They're just still focused on the big fish in the room, and that's Notre Dame. Right. And I think once Notre Dame makes their decision, then the Big Ten will decide. And we've already talked about it, too. Notre Dame is really the only thing holding up the ACC still because we already know several ACC schools who want to jump ship to the SEC. Right. Uh, I know two of them are Clemson and uh, Florida State for sure. And then... You know, we know Oregon and Washington, they want to leave the Pac-12 for sure. And they want to come to the Big Ten, but the Big Ten is saying, well, no, we want Notre Dame first, which if they're able to get it, I think then you're going to also see Stanford in the Big Ten because they they want to keep that Notre Dame and Stanford rivalry. Plus, it does kind of make sense. Again, two schools very academically. They're some of the best schools you can get into in the nation outside of like the Ivy League schools, maybe even up there in tier as far as being not Ivy league schools that are some of the best. And they've developed this little bit of a rivalry over the past couple of years. So if Notre Dame does, I could very easily see the big 10 then going to uh, 20 teams with the addition of Oregon, Washington, Stanford. And if it works, Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I don't, necessary i i see that as a but you've got northwestern there they're a high quality establishment that's not really concentrated on sports though that's the problem they've got a great coach i love pat fitzgerald but Mm -hmm. uh maybe i i i think i i don't know i i we've i've i've looked at a map with like (laughs) plots of where teams are and i'm just looking at and going the USC UCLA thing did throw a wrench into things. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of, you know, it, well, it didn't kind of, it really threw the reach 
and I, I guess I, I wasn't surprised that it happened. I was just surprised that it went in that order. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't go Notre Dame then out to, to the West. Um, you've got a big gap in there. If you want to cut the sec off from the North, you know, you've got a big gap in there between Colorado and LA or yeah. Nebraska and LA that you could still fill in, uh, with a couple of teams. I, I know there's a, uh, I, I, I don't know why, but I really like <laughs> the thought of UNLV. And mm-hmm. I think it's because of the ability to host tournaments or games in Las Vegas, Yep. Where you know that's a destination, and I, I I kind of foresaw uh when the Golden Knights started and when the Raiders moved there, you're gonna have big uh, away crowds. Yep, because people make it a destination. They travel to L- Las Vegas. They go, oh hey, we're gonna go watch a game, but then we're gonna go gamble in the casinos. We're gonna go on to these great shows or whatever. So it becomes a vacation. And I guess maybe that's why I kind of thought maybe UNLV plus it kind of helps close up that gap, that that open gap in the in the in the West there that um, if the Big Ten is interested in blockading, I don't know that we're we're in Civil War style <laughs> Civil War style uh, uh, war plans here, but if they want to blockade them, that that kind of helps. You know, okay. plus you get a big market. I mean, I, Las Vegas has got to be a huge market. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked about that. You know, they now have they have Chicago, they mm-hmm. have New York, and now they have Los Angeles. You know, like, you know, I kind of mentioned it before as far as, you know, what teams the Pac-12 could bring in to potentially salvage mm-hmm. itself. I mentioned UNLV could be one because, like you said, they brought in the Golden Knights for hockey. You know, the Raiders moved there. So it's like that really college is the only untapped thing left. They've got a triple-A baseball team, too. Exactly. And who knows? The, I know the Oakland A's aren't exactly being well taken care right. of. Oakland. There's been a lot of talk here, what, the last four or five years about them potentially moving. Mm-hmm. And I, I highly doubt Vegas would be like, oh, no, we don't want a professional baseball team. No, we're good. Team. We got a triple-A team. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, there's also talks of them getting an NBA team, too. So, I mean, it's yeah. the market's there for anybody to take. Uh, I even saw something yesterday that apparently San Diego State now, kind of like I mentioned, is a big hot spot for either the Big 12 or the Pac-12 because that's really your last big Southern California market to kind of get yourself reestablished in the L.A., San Diego area. And somebody somebody's going to grab it. I don't know who, but somebody's going to grab it. I think that it's just a matter of time, and it's not uh... – not going to happen overnight and they're not going to give up without a fight but i think the pac 12 is probably done mm-hmm. you lost the entire foundation don't give me anything about oregon washington any of these other teams arizona it does not matter you lost your foundation period your entire foundation to your conference when ucla and usc left yeah, all the national champions. You look at the history of USC. You, mm-hmm. you know, especially now, name me a one of the biggest historical names in college. You know, college football history. USC is almost always going to pop up in the conversation every single time. Same with UCLA. UCLA used to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, lost- I mean, they they have the longest men's winning streak in basketball. They've had eleven national titles before. 
Ed O'Bannon and Jim Herrick won it back yep. in the nineties. So, I mean, they, 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 ha- they both have historic, extremely historic value. So no, well, it looks like we went extremely long on the first quarter. Let's, uh, let's jump to the second. Moving to the second quarter, we uh, this is the it's kind of the calm before the storm, you know. That's the whole reason why the whole reason why Dalton's not here is because he is starting next week. Basically, he has no off time, I mean, he has off days, but no off time until May of 2023. And it's because football's start getting ready to ramp up, we're still a couple of weeks from kickoff. Yeah, but this is kind of that calm before the storm where there's not a ton going on. There's probably more prognostication going on than there is real in-depth, although Notre Dame, USC, and UCLA have done a ton for us this summer. We do want to thank them for that because it was going going to be not, not a boring summer, but it was going to be tough to line things up and get some stuff done and uh ucla and and usc has given us a couple weeks and i believe this is the third or fourth time we've talked about notre dame since usc and ucla (laughs) jumped in uh to the big 10 so we're kind of going to go over some prognostication i sent you a list of some of some questions uh that uh, I, i thought about taking uh taking a look at so some some big 10 predictions uh i have who is your coach of the year offensive player of the year defensive player of the year big biggest surprise team the biggest disappointing team and who's going to have that biggest upset let's cover a couple of these we don't need to go through every single one because we we did go heavy on the on the first segment but we can call talk about two or three of these things uh who do you see as being your coach the coach of the year of the Big Ten this year? I guess that that may lend to your biggest surprise team or or something along those lines. Or or do you have one of those set ones that, yep, he's just gonna be our our coach of the year because he's gonna be a solid coach all year, like he always is? I, I think honestly the coach of the year is gonna I think it's gonna be Mel Tucker. You know, I think he okay. continues to ride the momentum that he's had the last couple of years, especially last year. And I say that because you look at his 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 track record so far as far as being a you know top notch recruiter, last couple of years didn't really pan out so well as far as like what everybody ranked his recruits to be at. And then of course he ended up finishing the year eleven and two and mm-hmm. got a big you know upset win against Michigan last year, um, which I don't think anybody's expected. And then he he's continued to actually have a pretty good you know quote unquote off season for college as far as you know recruiting. Yeah. He got a four-star tight end. He got a four-star running back, a four-star defensive line, and a three-star O-line and a three-star quarterback. And currently, as of you know, right now, and of course, this is always going to change. Uh, at the conclusion of the uh, 2022 recruiting cycle, Michigan State was ranked number 23 according to 24/7 Sports, and. It's tied for the fifth highest ranked class in Spartan history since 24-7 began its recruiting rankings. And now, uh, with five prospects committed, Michigan State currently holds the country's number five ranked recruiting class for the for the 2023 cycle. Uh, as far as the Big Ten, if I remember right, I think they're second, only behind Penn State. 
Um, and of course, that's always probably going to fluctuate. That's probably changed. You know, they're probably still what third behind Ohio State and Penn State. So I mean, he's still doing really good for really if you think about it up until what the last ten years. You know, Michigan State was always it's the little brother school to Michigan. You know, Michigan was always the big brother, but Michigan hasn't really been good since. And some people are going to hate me for this since Tom since Brady left. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say since Harbaugh came. Well, that too. I mean, <laughs> they've only beaten Ohio State twice in the last 20 years, which, you know, again, if it's one of those, like it, it's close games, I, I can see it. It's like blowouts. It is like just pure domination. The two times in 20 years, that'd be last year and then when Charles Woodson played? Uh, No, it was... This this year, uh, last year, and then I think if I remember right, it was 2011. They happened to get a win against them. I can't. I'll be. I I don't. I I I I follow Michigan football so little that I really, honestly, honestly, I don't care. But I I don't mean that in a. a, Not that I don't. I don't care. No, I don't care. You know right. that's great. If Michigan beat, if Michigan State beat them every year, I would be happy. But I would, it would be insignificant to my life when it came to the fact because because I don't live in Michigan, and I I dislike Michigan just as much as I dislike Ohio State. Right, right. now that doesn't mean that I'm 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 hateful towards mm-hmm. them. I don't wish them ill will, but I just. It, it, I have seen being a Purdue fan been beaten up by everybody except for with the exception of I'm sorry with the exception before Barry Alvarez Wisconsin Minnesota Northwestern doesn't ever really thump on Purdue or hasn't thumped in on Purdue in my lifetime too much Um, Michigan State probably not either i think those are kind of the four teams that didn't really beat up on on purdue growing up football wise even iu beat up on purdue a little bit because that that just happens but uh i don't disagree that mel tucker is one heck of a good coach uh i've got some notes here that, that he is the first michigan state coach to beat michigan in his first two attempts yes so like he that that that's saying something like it, it, many forget Nick Saban coached at Michigan State. Yes. Let me say that again. Mel Tucker is the first coach to beat Michigan in his first two attempts. And if I remember right, Nick coached there for four, four or five years. One of the two. Yeah, he was, he, he played, was there for a while. He played Michigan more than mm-hmm. once. You know, <laughs> so and, and he couldn't do it, and he couldn't beat him the first two times. Like exactly. he, he might have ended up with a. a th- a three and one record. I don't know because, but he did not win his first two. Yeah. But my whole point on that is, is he, he's doing something right. And, and whether or not I want to admit it, Michigan is always going to be better. One of the better teams in the, in the conference or at least in their division in when it comes to, to, you know, rankings or whatever, but Michigan state being able to, or Mel Tucker being able to beat them says a lot, especially with a team that he took over that won two games. Yeah. Okay. He went from two, he went two wins to 11. So he came in with a two, one win team and he beat Michigan. Uh, and then 11 wins last year. Yeah. I honestly 
think, and and it, it, it I think PJ Flex gonna get it. I think I think Minnesota is going to have an an outstanding year. I think he, and I honestly, I think it's going to be between him and and Jeff Brom at okay. Purdue. And, and to be and to add on to that, Minnesota was actually my biggest surprise team. Okay, like that—that's who I had as my biggest surprise, uh, mainly because they have a lot of their they have a lot of their core pieces coming back. They didn't really mm-hmm. get rated in you know the the NFL draft like some of these teams did. Like to me, Michigan, offensively, Michigan's going to be fine. Yeah. But but defensively, Michigan has got a lot that they have to fix. But no, with with Minnesota, they get their running back. Uh, they get him back, Mohammed Ibrahim, uh, which I remember watching him the first game against Ohio State. That was a great game, and he was he ran he for two hundred yards and then blew his knee out. Yes, he he was having a fantastic game, and then unfortunately his his knee went out on him. So to me, yeah, I I agree with you that. Minnesota is probably going to be my my biggest surprise team, but sorry to cut you off. I was just no, like, that's all right. I want to let you know that I, I agree with you. <laughs> while I've got PJ Fleck as the uh, coach of the year, my biggest surprise team is not Minnesota. I, I've seen. I I honestly two weeks ago I said I figured Minnesota would win the West. I've changed my mind since. Uh, I think Minnesota is going to have a really good year, but I think scheduling is going to play into my surprise team. And and anybody listening is going to go, oh, come on. My surprise team is Purdue winning the West. They're going to go to Indianapolis and play probably Ohio State and probably be ceremoniously uh, dismembered in front of the Indianapolis crowd. Um, but Maybe. Purdue has had Ohio State's number in the past. That's what I was getting ready to say. I mean, I don't know. Even what was it? Uh, two thousand and eighteen. Uh, Tyler 18. Trent night. <clears throat> yeah, and it was Ron, like Rondale Ohio, Moore. And Ohio State was ranked like number two. I remember watching that. I was like, "Whoa, Purdue did what?" And Ohio beat them by State. like twenty Whoa. plus. Yes, like they and, blew their doors off. I don't know that it's going to happen this year, Tony. <laughs> hey, that's fair. And, and, that's fair. And, and you know what? I I will sit and watch and root my butt off if this happens. But I just think that that sometimes your 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 Jimmys and Joes beat your X's and O's because a lot of times you're going you you can game plan game plan game plan game plan game plan, and if you have a comparable roster, you're probably going to win. Now, if you game plan game plan game plan, and you have half the talent on the roster that the other team does many times your game plan goes to perfectly or you tried to execute it perfectly and you did pretty well, but that other team was just way too good, you know? And, and it, I, I, it's frustrating because I want to say, well, yeah, of course Purdue can beat Ohio state if they play and that's accurate. They can, I just don't know that it happens, but I think Purdue's schedule lends it lends itself to them being my surprise team because they don't play Michigan State, they don't play Michigan, they don't play Ohio State, which means they play Maryland and IU as their crossover games. Yeah, which, that's not a knock which, on Maryland; it's definitely a knock on IU because I think they're they're picked out of fourteen teams to be thirteenth or fourteenth, depending yeah. on who you look at, and. Uh, so it's one of those that I think it just lends itself to Purdue. They they have a good enough 
team that I think that if they can stay healthy, which they just lost a tight end for the whole year uh, in practice uh, this last week, but if they can stay relatively healthy, I think they can make a run and, and their biggest game is at Wisconsin and don't get me wrong. That is a difficult game, but Purdue's not going undefeated. I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to think that or even insinuate that I think they're going undefeated. They're going to lose some games, so they might lose to Wisconsin, but I think Wisconsin's going to lose too. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's just a matter of Purdue not losing at the right, you know, enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to, I, I, I'm going to boldly predict that I think Purdue wins the West. Okay. So that's know. my biggest surprise team. Yours is Minnesota. Is it kind of the same thing? They're going to win the West and go to the big 10 title. I, I think so. Yeah. Kind of like you said with PJ Fleck and, and really it's been the last couple of years, you know, you look at what yeah. was it, the 2019 season, Minnesota just had this, you know, like amazing run. And unfortunately, they ended up falling short. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they lost a couple games and ended up missing the playoffs. You know, I do. I think this could be one of those years where they they at least they get close. They are able to win the West and they're able to at least compete against Ohio State uh, for the Big Ten championship. I, I really do. It's because I I have a little bit of a grudge against Wisconsin, having been married <laughs> to a Wisconsin girl at one point. And you can't before. blame the Badgers for that. No, not at all. I can't. I can't. But but it is it is funny that that you say that because it it's one of those. I remember I watched a lot of Wisconsin games, and even you know having since not had her as my wife anymore, I've watched a lot of Wisconsin games. Yeah. Have you ever had that one player you just look at them and you're like, why why are you a starter? And for yes. me, for the longest time, that was Jack Cohn, the quarterback for Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It, was it just, just like, was like, how are you starting football games right now for a major college? Literally, I would watch it. I was like, this guy is terrible. And I, I looked at his stats and I was like, there's no way. They're not Cohn. even good. <laughs> yeah, he, he, He's thrown like 22 picks in his whole college career. And I was like, how? How? And... And then he transferred to Notre Dame. I was like, no, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, hey, it made me happy. I'm I'm not going to argue. Uh... Right, <laughs> but but yeah, to me, it's to me, Iowa is one of those teams. They're almost always rated for a lot of good NFL talent, mainly on the offensive and defensive line. Um, Iowa's almost always rated, and to me, Iowa is just one of those teams. Unfortunately, defensively, they were abysmal last year yeah you know, they, they started off great and then they definitely got exposed and they got exposed badly um i think well, they Purdue were like, went to iowa and beat them by 20 points yeah and and a lot of that is due to a point of you know not only the boilermakers being you know a pretty good football team again but they were ranked bottom five out of like all 130 colleges at play they were ranked bottom five mm-hmm. in every category on defense yeah, and they it, were not a good defensive team in any way. No, and, and it's not it's not one of those like Iowa almost always has a super potent offense. Like they usually have a pretty good middle of the pack, maybe a little bit above average, you know, offense. Right. And 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 you can't when you have that type of offense, you can't make up for that with an abysmal defense like that they had. Um, and then to me, Wisconsin as well. Wisconsin has always been one of those. They're a very consistent team. They're not always going to go undefeated. They're not always going to get you double digit wins, or they'll they'll probably go, you know, 10 and 2 
11 and two, whichever, mm-hmm. but they're not more of that like powerhouse favorite that they were a few years ago when they were literally cranking out, you know, NFL running backs, you know, back to back to back, you know, you had, you know, Jonathan Taylor, you had Melvin Gordon, you know, you had these big name running backs for Wisconsin that was able to carry them and, and they don't have that anymore. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking at Iowa's team stats from last year right now. Mm-hmm. And actually, their defense wasn't really, really horrible. Really? Their points allowed, they were 19.2, which is 13th in the country. Okay. Their defense, and maybe, wait, am I looking was it at their the offense wrong year? It was their offense. Offense, their okay. Their right. points per game, they ranked 99th in the country their total offense 303.7 yards which was 13th in the big 10 121st in the country yep which tells you that number 14 in the big 10 was really bad if that (laughs) if that's how low but their passing offense was 109th in the country their rushing offense was 102nd in the country which i can tell you produced rushing offense was worse they were 14th in the conference that is something that they've got to really take care of and be able they don't have to run lead the 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 conference in rushing no they just can't be last you know and and that's a big thing with purdue but yeah uh, rushing offense 102nd then their defense their points allowed 13th total defense 17th in the country pass defense 42nd in the country and their rush defense is 13th in the country. Okay. So maybe so, I was thinking offense. Yeah, and 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 that but you know what? I thought it was the defense too and then I was like, "Wait a minute, I've got a stat sheet. Let's look it up." And uh, there it is. Cuz uh, I I know a lot of people they were they were mad especially if you're an Iowa fan because if I remember right, it's the head coach's son is the offensive coordinator. Yeah. And, and think about it. If and it's going to kind of sound kind of bad. And I don't mean to take shots at Iowa by no means, but <laughs> If it wasn't for the fact that your dad is the head coach, if you're an offensive coordinator or any other program and you come up with those type of numbers, you're yeah. fired. You're, oh. you're done. Oh, you don't sure. come back next year. <laughs> oh, for sure. So so do you have a uh, – who's your offensive player of, of the year? We're going to go just over one or two more real quick ones, and then we'll uh, – actually, we've covered our surprising – actually, let's go. Who's going to be your biggest disappointing team? Uh, biggest disappointing – I'm I'm gonna honestly say Michigan, mm-hmm. and and it's it's We're on one the of the same boat, right? And, and I think a lot of people are because you look at again offensively they didn't they they're still pretty consistent. They brought a lot of their guys back now. Offensively, I do have a lot of questions with what Jim Harbaugh is doing with the quarterback because once again he's doing both quarterbacks are getting like equal reps as far as first team starter, and he's trying to make this two quarterback system work. And I'm like I. I get it, but I don't. I'm like, offensively, right. that, that makes me leave a lot of questions with you, Jim. But defensively, <laughs> they took such a massive hit. You know, how do you replace Aiden Hutchinson? How do you replace uh, David Ojabo? Yeah, Ojabo. You know, how do you replace two premier edge rushers? You know, going going to get going to get the ball because really, if you look at it de- defensively, from what I remember, now st- stats might tell me different. They, they had a lot of turnovers, but a lot of those were fumbles. It's not like Michigan was picking you off in the air a whole lot. Like, 
They were probably yeah. you know, pretty decent, but it's like you can't replace forced fumbles. And think about what those edge rushers can do as well. It stops your run game. It can plug you up the middle. Really, the only team that was ever that was able to run all over Michigan last year was Michigan State because they had Kenneth Walker, and Kenneth Walker had an amazing year last year. It's still a travesty that he wasn't invited to New York. It, I 100%, as somebody who I love to watch Michigan State play, it, I was like, wow, that's why. Right, <laughs> right. Why? Well, my biggest, my biggest disappointment this disappointing team is going to be michigan i still think they're going to be nine and three eight and four somewhere in there they're gonna they're gonna lose more than their what the way they lose two games last year up to total uh one if i remember right i think they i think they were not undefeated lost. going into no they lost to michigan state and michigan uh, state Georgia. Well, yeah, they ended up. I consider the, the full year. I was, oh, okay, gotcha. I, I knew they didn't win the national title, so there had to be a a loss in there. Right, right, right. So yeah, they so, yeah, eleven and two. So they're going from eleven and two. I think they're going to drop down a little bit. You're absolutely right. They've got so much that they have to fill in, and I totally do not. I, I who was the last team to win the national championship with two, a two quarterback rotation? Oh yeah, that's right. Never has happened. Okay. So giving equal snaps to two quarterbacks just means you don't know how to pick. Yep. Okay. Pull the bandaid off and pick one of them because it's going to do that young man, a lot of disservice or both young men, a lot of disservice saying, well, you're, you're good this week. No, take it, take it by the horns Take the bull by the horns and say, "Look, you've got to pull. You're 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 our guy. I'm not going to just pull you because you struggle in one area of a game. You're my guy. You you need to improve in during practice. And you know what? If he if he's not cutting it in practice, then we'll make a switch over time. But you have to do something that gives some kid the the confidence that he's not going to get pulled just because." He threw an incomplete pass on a second down or situation. Well, defensive coordinators are very, very smart. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, the Wildcat was novelty at one or was was a thing at one time, an effective offensive set until defensive coaches learned it and understood what was going on and, and knew the tendencies. And it's now a novelty where it gets run every once in a great while. Yep. You can't rotate two quarterbacks in depending on the situation and then all of a sudden not have defensive coaches going, okay, this guy comes in, they're throwing more than 15 yards and it's going to be an out, more than likely an out pattern. Like they're going to learn your tendencies and you're going to struggle. You're also going to have two young men that think that they should be the, the main quarterback of the team and you're going to have people picking sides. This is not a good recipe to repeat what you've done, Michigan. Jim Harbaugh needs to decide. It's just like he did, and and I'm going to get on my soapbox here, Tony, because you know what? It's just like him going to the NFL. I don't think he wants a certain particular NFL job. He just wants to be the pretty girl going to the NFL. So I think he's going to decide if some team comes calling quickly and maybe let's say in the middle of the season, he may leave Michigan. I don't know this. I'm I'm just going by the way I've seen him react to things. He was ready to go to Minnesota for the Vikings. 
Yes, he was. He essentially made it known that he was going to be the guy there. Well, then when he came back, he came back with his tail tucked between his legs and going, yeah, this is where I want to be all the time. Of course it was because they didn't offer you the job, Jim. Yep. Let's go. Let's do your job. And if you want to leave, that's fine. I don't care. If you want to go to the NFL, don't try to treat us like idiots. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he's got a lot of making up to do here. And I don't know that doing two quarterback system is going to be that it going to be it. Plus he's replacing a ton and he may have a ton in the cupboard, but he is replacing a ton of defensive power. And Mm -hmm. I just think there's no chance they can be the same that they were. No. And, and yeah, to your point, you know, he, he was flirting with the NFL, which again, I, like you said, it, it was one of those he he liked being the pretty girl. You think about it when he was in San Francisco, he took a team that you know I don't know how much NFL you follow, but he took they a were team not good. They they weren't, but they had all the pieces. Like if Correct. that if that is one thing that if anybody who doesn't know when Mike Singletary was the head coach of the 49ers, he put all the pieces there. He just couldn't get them to click. Yep. Jim Harbaugh. Jim comes knows in. how to put the puzzle together. <clears throat> Jim comes in and it's woo. Here we go like three straight NFC championships, a Super Bowl appearance, all for a team that was abysmal for years beforehand. And it just, I don't think, I don't know if he's getting too comfortable or too full of himself, but it just doesn't appear to me that he is making the greatest of wise decisions. I, I think so, and you know what I honestly think it is too, and this was another reason why I picked Michigan as my as my most disappointing team. The fact that they beat Ohio State did two things. It saved Jim's job because sure. I think if he if he'd have lost that game against Ohio State, I think Jim Harbaugh would be gone from Michigan because at this point it's like okay, you've had years to do it, you haven't even been close. You you have to win this game, but there is a downside with that now. The Michigan athletic directors, the Michigan fans, all of them are still like drunk on this Ohio State win because it, it was it was a big domineering statement that we beat our biggest rival that we always want to beat that always beats us up in Ohio State. And it's like, OK, well, they carried that when they faced Georgia. You know, they got their teeth knocked in, basically. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like, you know, for a lot of Michigan's fans are like, no, I, I, I'm OK with this. We, you know, we we beat Ohio State. It's like I, I get it. Like when I watched that, that was that was a great game. Can't deny that at all. A lot of energy. That's always a great rivalry. But you you can't look at me and say, oh, well, we won our biggest rivalry game. That was basically our, our championship right there. What? What? No. Don't, don't don't worry about little stuff like at the you're talking you're talking to a purdue fan tony if if we made it to the big 10 championship that would be my season <laughs> right but at least for you you know purdue historically has not had a whole lot of success in that department mm-hmm. right. so it's like for you that you know that's one of those like hey now we're we're up and up like we can at least say we've been there you know we've we've done that Michigan, it's like, no, 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 this is the Michigan team. You've won a national <laughs> championship before. You have like almost a thousand wins. In other in words, act like you've been there. Exactly. I'm like, what, what, what did you lower your standards to like, <laughs> if, if we beat Ohio State, it's a good year. No. Well, we have went extremely long in this first half. We have just a real quick thing that we wanted to talk about in the third quarter. So that's kind of why we went a little long. Uh, But let's hit the halftime. 
You are listening to Big Ten Plus Four, hosted on Anchor and StreamYard. I'm Richie, a.k.a. Midnight Agent Raw. I'm Devin, a.k.a. Special Delivery Dev. We're the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, pro wrestling, and much more. Check us out at SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. Shades on. We're off. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Richie. I'm Little Matt. And here in the 500 Section Lounge, we are three dads who host a family-friendly weekly podcast. Yep, we laugh, we go on tangents, we talk to great guests. Tangents? I I don't know what you're talking about with that. You know, there are gases leaking. Uh, All right, all right, okay. Yeah, we have legendary conversations from sports to history and everything in between. So be on the lookout for what we do next. And always be there to grab grab a listen. listen. Hey, the mic or the whittle finally worked for the first time in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> At least on your end, it's worked every time for me. Well, the the last couple of weeks, uh, I I've hit that, and Dalton's like, "I are you going to hit the button?" I'm like, "I hit it! I swear I did." <laughs> <laughs> we had the GM from Menemaki on, uh, and I hit it, and he he's sitting there. We're sitting there all looking. I go. Guys, I hit the button. Let, let's get this going. <laughs> but uh, uh, Tony, you had a little bit of a uh, of a topic that you wanted to talk about when it comes to Alabama. Let's uh, let's let's talk about that. What you got? Yeah. So I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest Alabama fan because yeah. Al- Alabama is one of those you know they're they're collegiate dynasty. They have been for the last you know ten plus years. They've been the college team to beat and. Nick Saban, for whatever reason this year, has just decided, you know, to quote a lot of people, he woke up and he chose violence this year. You know, he he came out of nowhere. He attacked <laughs> he attacked Texas A&M because, oh, well, we're not the number one recruiting class. And I think they ended up finishing the number one recru- recruiting class. So I'm like, what, what, what does this even matter, Nick? Like, you're, <laughs> It's not like you're number 32 and you used to be one. You're like, ah, oh, we're, we're getting rotten. No, you're number two. Calm, calm down, Nick. Um but the thing that kind of makes me laugh, but again, it's it's part of their success is is Nick Saban's reaction to certain things. Like if you don't do things perfectly, then Nick is not happy. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he came out with recently and he said that, well, the reason why we didn't win basically was we were in a rebuilding year last year. And for me, I'm like, you went to the national championship. You won the SEC. You have a Heisman winning quarterback in Bryce Young. And you, quote unquote, have a rebuilding year. As a Purdue fan, do you wish all of your rebuilding years resulted in you being in a national championship appearance with a Heisman winning quarterback as your rebuild year? Well, let's think about this, Tony. <clears throat> in my lifetime, I've seen one Heisman finalist from Purdue. I have seen one Big Ten title at Purdue. I've seen many bowl games, but those happen even if you just show up in, on time anymore. Um, so, sure, I'd take half you know, or three quarters of a rebuild Alabama year. But let, let I, my big thing is, 
from day uh, I there's no chance that I I believe anything that Nick Saban says. And it's not because I hate him, but he's given us a track record. When he's in Miami getting as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins and he's being asked specific pointed questions and don't get me wrong, I know he holds a job and he is not wanting to talk about Alabama, the job at Alabama. But there are ways to do that, not talk about it, rather than saying, I am not going to be the next coach at Alabama. I'm not going to. I am the coach of the of the uh, Miami Dolphins. And then you get on a stinking plane that day and get on a plane and go to Tuscaloosa and come to an agreement to become the Alabama head coach you've lost your credibility when it comes to putting out statements as fact. Don't you, you, I, you, he'll never get that back with me. So a rebuild year, that's his excuse for, we lost the national championship game. Yep. They blew the doors off Georgia. Now I personally think Kirby smart held back in that championship game, hoping that they could beat them and get them out of the playoff but he didn't want to run the risk of putting all his cards on the table and still losing. So he held back enough to where, okay, we're going to compete, but we're going to, if we lose, we've still got all this other stuff. And that, that proved positive or true in the national championship game, because that was a different Georgia team that played Alabama in the national title game than played in the sec championship game. But my point is, is no, no, don't, no, I don't believe it. I think, I think he's just butthurt that they got beat. He's mad that they didn't win the national championship. And of course there has to be, it can't be that just Georgia was better. Well, we're rebuilding. No, don't give excuses. Just say we got beat. Yeah. Yeah. People, people respect it more. Yeah. And you like you number said. one, for, or you were in the top three all season long even after you lost yep. all season long do not tell me that's a rebuild T- tell me what it is we just got beat by a better team mm-hmm. georgia was better yeah no and- you weren't rebuilding you just didn't have the horses that year it's fine nobody cares <clears throat> nobody's gonna damn you so get over it nick come on yeah and, and that happens it happens a lot it's like it, it it's nothing to be ashamed of. And like exactly. you said, that that was my big thing when um when that happened with the SEC championship. I was watching it and you know, I, I saw all these Alabama fans like, ah, you know, they weren't ready for Bama. And I'm kind of sitting here and I'm like, I don't think George is playing everything they want to do. Because they for them, were playing to win, but they weren't opening up their entire playbook. Right. Well, and to me, it, it kind of did two things. Like you said, one, we're not going to put all of our cards out on the table because we're more than likely going to have to face you again in the SC, in the in the national championship. And if we do, then we're really going to be in trouble because you already know what we're going to do. And we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, too, if you think about especially how, you know, again, I'm I'm also an LSU fan. And I'm going to LSU currently. Yeah. We, when you look at the SEC fans, they're kind of snobs. So. You know, if you come up and you say, yeah, you know, we, uh, you know, Georgia won the national championship, but they didn't beat Bama for it. They beat Bama to get them out of the playoffs. They won the SEC championship. But then, you know, say for whatever reason, Michigan did win and Michigan goes to the national championship. Oh, well, 
you beat a crappy Michigan team. Like you didn't face a real team in the playoffs. No, 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 no. We lost to Bama and then we got our revenge game when it mattered most. And we beat the team that everybody says we can't beat. We beat the team to beat yep. to secure our, our national championship win that you can't deny. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick Saban just needs to chill out. Admit that. Just admit it. You didn't. Don't say, well, we were rebuilding. They, we just didn't have the best team last year. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I'm I pretty positive Dalton's the same on the same boat on this as there was no team better than Georgia all year last year. Period. Period. <clears throat> all the Jimmys and Joes you want. Georgia was number one all year long. Yep. Even when they got beat by Alabama, I was still under the impression that I, and and people looked at me like I was like I was dumb. No team's going to not try to beat Alabama. I said, "No, no, they're going to try to beat Alabama. They're just not going to expose everything that they've got in their playbook in case they play them at the end." Yep. Because the last thing you want to do is walk into a matchup hopeless. Yes. We've lost and we exposed everything to them. Now they very well probably would have or could have beaten them in the SEC championship if they would oh, yeah. have opened up their entire playbook. But you don't want to run that risk when you've got the Jimmys and Joes that they had. They could easily beat them, or not easily, but they could beat them and not expose their entire playbook in case you don't want to expose it all or give all your tricks away and then lose and then have to play them three, you know, five weeks later. Yeah. You just don't want to do it. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's an interesting, it's an interesting situation there in Tuscaloosa. Hopefully, hopefully Nick gets his rebuild done and, 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 and good to go there because, you know, we know the Tide fans are very upset that they haven't won, you know, 75 titles in a row or whatever. I don't, I'm not bitter as a Purdue fan. I'm bitter. I'm, I'm mad at the, the excuse making. Okay. I'm a fan of Purdue. I'm a Cubs fan too. I know pain. <laughs> yes, yes you do. So therefore, yes, you do. I, I'm years. able. I'm I'm able to say, okay, this was just a, a a a horrible season. We weren't good. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Nick Saban could ever say, well, we just weren't we weren't as good. No, we were rebuilding. Mm. There's a reason we took the year. We knew it was going to be a tough year. Yeah, shut up. Right. Okay. Yes, I want a re- I want my Purdue rebuild year to be eleven and two. Yes, that's absolutely yeah. correct. Eleven and two with a national championship appearance <laughs> should be a title. But it's all right, let's 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 move to the fourth since uh, I'm going to get nothing. I'm, I might I I might have a heart attack. I don't know. I if I get too fired <laughs> up on this, so let's move on. All right, this is the portion of our show where we. Uh, sift through the headlines to see what uh, what jumped out at us, and uh, we're gonna. I'm normally the first one, but I'm I'm the host, so I've got to uh, the main host. So I've, I I I yield the floor to Tony and the uh, Tony Tribune. Yeah. Um, so I think my biggest one. <clears throat> it's a little bit of a headline. I don't think it's really going to surprise anybody. I'm really excited, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but it kind of tied in. Um, my defensive player of the year for the Big Ten, and I think he's going to be one of the best defensive players uh, in college football next year. It's going to be Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Um, he had a fantastic year last year. 
Um, he had over, say, I'm trying to look at his stats here. Uh, he had 143 tackles last year. He's 6'5". So, I mean, he's a big kid. He can go the length of the field side to side. He can cover your tight ends. He can do a pass rush. He can pretty much do it all. And I'm really excited for him. They actually have him listed as the number two linebacker in the country, probably behind, I think it's uh, what Wilkinson out of Alabama. Um, of course, it's another Alabama. Again, rebuilding year. Rebuilding year, dude. Rebuilding year. <laughs> um, but I, I'm excited to see him play. I think he. I think he's going to be really good. And yeah. I, I think he's going to be very high on a lot of NFL draft boards <clears throat> next year. Obviously, once... Once we figure out, is C.J. Stroud going to go ahead and go to the NFL after this year? If Bryce Young goes ahead and jumps to the NFL, those are probably going to be your two big fish that come off the net, off the board first. But I think Jack Campbell's going to be your big first defensive lineman, uh, well, first defensive player that's taken off the board as far as the NFL draft goes. So I'm excited to see him on the Iowa Hawkeye defense and see him just continue to succeed. Yeah, it's uh, – I... I don't know how I feel about Iowa. I think they could be a disappointment as well. I know there are a lot of teams, or there are some people that have uh, said some stuff about uh, uh, Iowa winning the West, and uh, maybe, maybe I guess I, I, the West is so up in the up in the air. You can't really say, you know, well, you it's it's just up in the air. And you look at it, you know, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I don't think was able to figure out their quarterback situation all year. Like, no, and, and they've still got to figure that out this year. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, again, like I said, Wisconsin hasn't really been like a power favorite for the West for a while. Minnesota lost, you know, Ibrahim the, the very first game. So it's like, I think from that point on, Minnesota's like, well, it's a disappointment season no matter what right. we do. So it's like, all right, well, who's kind of the big team that's left? Hi, Iowa. Here's the. Here's the West, basically. It's like that's not well, all you I, got. I I I I think they could have a disappointing season as well. Um, I don't know that it'll be as disappointing as what I think Michigan could be, though. So that's uh, my headline is uh, another sentimental one. Uh, I did a couple weeks ago, right before the trade deadline. I talked about or uh, at the All Star game. I, I talked about Wilson Contreras of the Cubs being probably starting his last one of his last few games in a Cubs uniform uh, trade deadline came didn't happen they didn't trade Wilson Contreras so I'm really extremely happy there are only three players from the World Series championship team of 2016 Wilson Contreras is one Kyle Hendricks is number two and Jason Hayward is the third one the Cubs announced uh, a couple days ago that uh Jason Hayward is is injured. He's not going to play again this season, but they have also talked to him and said that they are going to release him at the end of the season. Uh, so, therefore, he's going to be a free agent. He's still going to get his payday from his big contract that he signed in 2015. Uh, never really panned out as the, the star that they thought Jason Hayward was going to be when he signed with Chicago. But... The one thing that he did lend him lend to the team was the leadership skills, the the you know taking young players under their under his wing, uh, making sure that they're learning the. Uh, he basically set the culture for the clubhouse, um, and the manager David Ross played with him that year. Uh, it was during that rain delay that Jason Hayward decided he was like, "Hey, everybody into the weight room now," 
and they 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 basically just given up a four run lead in Game Seven of the World Series on a home run by some uh, off of a guy that throws a hundred and two. So like that, the I I remember standing watch I was standing watching the game in my living room. I didn't react, but in my head I'm going. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, this makes sense. This absolutely makes sense. I didn't think we they'd lost, but I just was like, the, I could see it coming because I we talked about it, Tony. I've been through some pain. Yeah, <laughs> as a Cubs yeah. fan, so knowing that I I I didn't think it was going to happen, but I knew that it could happen. And he pulled them into the weight room and said, "Look, we need to pull our heads out of our butts. We are the best team in in baseball this year." We are, we've done the work. We need to go out and do the work. Uh, a couple of last weekend, I saw Kyle Schwarber play in Pittsburgh for the Phillies. It broke my heart because he's a cub, you know, yeah. like he, he, he grew up as a cub. Uh, he, and he let off that inning with a base hit. He, and, and mind you, Tony, remember this Kyle Schwarber had blown his knee out in game two of the season. Yeah. And he played in the World Series. But my point is, is Jason Hayward was that glue that pulled it together. So he's going to be missed in the aspect of I'm going to miss that leadership. I did see him hit a walk off Grand Slam a couple years after the World Series or in 2017. So, mm-hmm. like, I've seen highlights. I've seen, but I, I'm just, I, I wish him well. Uh, but it's a little bit of a sentimental thing that, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he was valued as a Cub. Uh, for his leadership and and what he did for the organization to help bring that World Series title. So that is the Sam Sentinel, and we're running right up on it. Let's see if I can get it in a minute and 15, okay? okay. <laughs> so this is the, the – we're, we're reaching the end. Uh, Tony, if people want to reach us, uh, they can find us at Big Ten Plus 4 uh, on Facebook. Uh, if they want to find us on Twitter, it's at Big Ten Spell Out Plus. Do not put the sign plus sign spell out plus four. So Big Ten Plus Four. Find us on oddpodsmedia.com along with the entire family of shows on that network. Then you can find us streamed every week on ASAP Network. We we stream every week uh, on ASAP. Tony, thanks so much for joining us. This is I love having conversations. And it's not that I don't like Dalton, but mm-hmm. I like having conversations with you. We might have to make it a, a triumphant at some point to where all three of us are sitting and talking about uh, about the Big Ten and uh, things going on in our uh, our sports world. Oh, yeah, I love it. And again, thank you for having me. Like I said, it. I feel like college never really gets enough love. So it's like whenever True. I can, whenever I meet somebody else that has kind of the same passion for college football, I get excited. So I'm like, you know, the, like I said, every time that, you know, you say that Dalton's on vacation, I'm like, give me joint. Give me joint. Yeah, I am. I'm that kid that's in the front, like, big me, big me. <laughs> well, I am Sam Sprunger. That's Tony Hollinsworth from ASAP Network. Uh, this has been Big 10 Plus Four, and uh, we'll see you later. <laughs>